0: Welcome everyone, for you of those that don't know me, my name's Jeff, aka Mad Hatter Organics, and this is the Growers Exchange Podcast. I wanted to start this podcast to get more information out there about different growers, breeders, and industry companies. So stick with us as we exchange all types of grower knowledge. First off, I'd like to thank our sponsors, AutoPot USA, for the best plant-driven automated watering system out there. Use discount code MADHATTER10 on autopot-usa.com for 10% off your entire order. Now, let's get started with the conversation. Welcome everybody to the 11th episode of the Growers Exchange Podcast. Again, I have another awesome guest. The man famously known for Neurotoxin, Supreme Leader, and his peanut butter crosses. Uh, Welcome to the stage, Mr. Joint Custody. How's it going, my friend? Good. How are you, man? Good. Good. Thanks for having me. yeah. No worries. I appreciate you jumping on. Kind of last minute. Uh, kind of had things planned in in the background for a while now, but yeah, finally worked out. Yeah. No doubt. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, for people that don't know you, um, give us a little spiel about who you are and, uh, you know, how you're famously known for your crosses
1: you hey guys my name is joint i'm known for being a medicinal plant breeder and some of the strains that i'm known for is cushion orange juice uh, neurotoxin joints blueberry and my supreme leader and and countless other strains and i've been breeding for almost 12 years now and growing for over 15 years
0: Cool. Yeah. Um. So, I guess h- how how did you want to start uh, in the breeding game? Why why did you feel the need to start chucking pollen? So
1: when I because when I first started growing, it was incredibly difficult to get my hands on beans, and know the only way you could get them is if you found them in a sack back then or you had to order them overseas and you were taking you know a huge risk ordering them overseas most of the time they didn't show up so your money would just be gone or it would get taken by customs and then you would get like a letter in the mail saying they took your shit stuff from you and uh so yeah, that that's why I got into it, and I also just I was really interested in growing and learning more, and ever you know I think at some point most growers want to create their own strains and and yeah that's that's just how I got into it. Couldn't get my hands on any seeds and was tired of growing crappy plants and wanted to make better plants, you know, better strains.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, understandable. I mean a few years back yeah. it was definitely a lot harder to get your hands on those beans for sure. Um yeah, so, it's crazy the difference between then and today. It's a yeah. crazy difference. Yeah, I mean they're they're everywhere and everyone's doing their pollen and chucking, and, you know, at home breeding. Uh, I mean I I admit it I I've done it too, so uh help. Tell tell us a little bit of the, about the neurotoxin you got going. What uh, what kind of crosses does that entail?
1: So <clears throat> the lineage on that is the rare Dankness OG cross to my Cheerios strain, and my Cheerios is Tropicana Cookies F two crossed with sunday biscotti which was sunday driver crossed to biscotti from Canarado, and it it just quickly became one of my top three or top five that i've made of all time it's some superb medicine um it like you know i named it neurotoxin because it just shuts your brain down it's really dominant in the venom og side and it's very potent and, yeah, it just shuts your brain down. It's, it's great medicine.
0: Yeah. Um, if, I think I've been hearing through the grapevine that there's two different phenos of that. There's a purple pheno? Or is that... Am I thinking about something else that's pretty familiar? Oh,
1: there, there is. There's a few different. Um, there's, like, yeah, there's an all-purple one. And then <clears throat> there's a green one, which is more elusive and harder to find in... The F2s and BX1 that I've already made, but I have not released that yet. Um, and then there's like a mixture of both, you know, purple and green. My favorite I think is the green one, and then my second favorite would be like the purple and green. The purple one's really nice too. It just gives off different turps. It's more like a, a fruity gas terps, but the green one, the purple and green are just like pure gas, pure gas and hash.
0: Nice, yeah, yeah, I know you uh, You're so kind to me And you sent out a whack load of them So, uh, I mean I might end up popping those pretty soon I got a 2x4 waiting for a couple of them But uh, nice. So you got Supreme Leader as well What kind of crosses uh, are you working with in, those, in that one?
1: Uh, So The Supreme Leader Was Triangle Cush Crossed with uh, alien og nice and yeah that that was my most recent drop and i I think i dropped like eight different new strains when i dropped that one <clears throat> it's a it's a really nice cross too it's not it's not like the neurotoxin where it's super potent and puts you down it's like a just like an all-day smoke it's it's really good medicine though um we you know i I pretty much, <clears throat> I pretty much sold out of all those. Almost everybody seems to
0: really like them. Yeah, yeah. With names yeah. like Supreme Leader, you know, you're gonna get some, some pretty dang plots oh, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, do you do you
1: know how that came about from Captain Autoflower?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I remember hearing about that on their podcast. Yeah, he ended up, yeah, naming it.
1: Yeah. I you know, I made that one back in like 2016 and I never released it. I just kept like growing them and checking them out and working on them. And I sent him some and, uh, he grew them out and he called his, fino you know, that he got the Supreme Leader and I didn't even have a name for it yet. I, I, didn't, I don't even think I was planning on releasing them but uh, at the time, but he came up with the name and I was like, Oh, that's perfect. You know, it just stuck. And then, inspired me to dive back into them and finish it you know it was like a six-year process
0: right So yeah yeah i feel like i'm kind of going to be there with my my crosses that i've been working with uh it's going to be a six-year project i really want to pop them and work with them but i've got so many other beans that i that i want to do as well because i want to keep collecting the pollen and keep doing other crosses at the same time. It's just going to be a big. That's always the
1: problem. (laughs) (laughs) We always want to just grow more and more different things, you know, but it's good. It's good to take your time and really do it right. You know, when I, when I first started, I was just crossing. I didn't really know exactly what I was doing and I, you know, I was just crossing whatever to whatever. And I, I mean, I wasn't really, Giving any seeds out they were just for me but when i did it like that they did they didn't always come out very well you know and and i started going on the forums and you know that time it was still like i was saying it was still like highly highly illegal (laughs) so you know you go on the forums and you try to learn as much as you can back then with the little tidbits of information that was floating around out there and, and then uh um, yeah, you got to take your time do it right. So it's like a night and day difference, you know, just, uh, grow them for all the seeds that you make, make sure they're, te- they test well and try to do your best to
0: make the best selections
1: possible, you know?
0: Yeah, totally. Um, so maybe let's, let's kind of take it down the whole path of how you, how you can start breeding, um, what? what do you, how do you like to do it?
1: Um. So, yeah, I'll, anything new that I grow uh, that I'm interested in breeding with, I try to grow as many seeds of those, or as many beans of those as I possibly can. <clears throat> um. I mean, you can, you most certainly can do it in a small space, not growing that many beans, but it's better to run as many as you can possible, you know, so that you can, you can, look through all the different plants and see the different characteristics characteristics and traits that they put out, uh, the good and the bad. You know, the more plants that you run, the better results you're gonna have in the end in your selection process. And so I'll run as many plants as I can. Most of the time it'll be over the course of a couple of years too. You know, I might pop 51 run, 50 another run or a hundred one run or 50 I try to get in as many numbers as possible and then I'll finally make my selection and when I make my selection I'll back it up from clone if it's a good selection and then once I have it in the clone form I'll run it back again and then that's when I do all the stress testing and things like that to it to make sure it can survive and handle know things that in like, environmental issues light leaks whatever because you know a lot of newer growers are growing these things and even for growers like me it's still incredibly difficult to keep your environment perfectly dialed in and you know you're gonna make mistakes along the way and plants should be able to handle that you know yeah and yeah there if it passes everything from clone um depending on what i'm doing i might run it back a third time but usually if it's good on the clone that first time then i'll breed with it um uh, it just depends on like the amount of time and space i have going at the moment um i really would like to run it back a third time again but sometimes you know you just you don't have the space for that but i'll breed with it and then i'll still keep running it <laughs> so you know i'm just constantly
0: running it even after i breed with it cool so when you see you do like 50 to 100 plants are you just doing them in solo cups or are you doing them like three gallon pots or what's your process uh, i
1: usually i'll use uh two gallon square pots okay um and then i'll back everything up as a cut right and once i get to the end harvest get to smoke everything That's when I make my final choice, and then whatever sticks around, I just chuck all the rest. Unless you know, sometimes I'll keep a couple just in case, but most of the time, I'll just cut out the rest and keep that one cut, run it back, and then when I run more seeds again of the same thing, then I'll pick another selection from that and I'll run it up against that other cut from the previous run. Like, you know, you're constantly just running these cuts against one another until so you get to a point where you're like, okay, this is the one. You know, this is the one. It can handle everything. It smokes great. yields great. Whatever
0: whatever year it is you're looking for, you know? Mm-hmm. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. And are you using uh, synthetics uh, when you do your two-gallon pots, or are you running organics?
1: It's organic, still living soil, but I use that. Uh, I really am a fan of that blue gold. Okay. That's the one that... Jeremy from Build a Soil talks about sometimes it's a organic bottled nutrient.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like a it's like a liquid pasty compost that's fermented. It's yeah. some really good food. I've been really digging on that. It really helps because um, you grow organic, right? Yep. Or so you know how if you're not staying on top of your top dressings, sometimes you can fall behind. Well, this you know you can use. In conjunction with your top dressings and it just keeps the plants on an even keel you know what i mean
0: nice nice
1: yeah so that stuff's great to use for pheno hunting or just whatever growing whatever
0: yeah yeah i've used a product from back in the day when i was before i even started growing uh i used uh, general hydroponics uh it's called go organics box it's just like box of organic bottled nutrients It had like kelp and fish aminos a bunch of different stuff but it uh i like like
1: the fox farm box that they used to have or people that people used to buy years ago
0: yeah like that Yeah. yeah But it was all organic i grew uh hydroponic uh tomatoes with it and it was it worked pretty damn good it was best tomatoes I've ever had actually so nice yeah but i i hear you with the bottled organics it's pretty easy to you know just add into the top of your pots instead of having to keep top dressing every 3 weeks especially in 2 gallon pots they're, they're small they run out of nutrients pretty quick yeah um but
1: I, I still use it in conjunctions with the top dressing too though so i still continue to top dress even if i'm not in 2 gallon pots i mean i i do it as needed but i try to use the blue gold least amount I can, even though it is like really, really good organic stuff, but it's got, uh, I think it's got bat guano in there and I'm not a fan of the guanos, but it's good stuff. You know, it, you can just use that alone if you wanted to, but I think it works best in conjunction with your living soil and the top dressings and compost and all that. I'm getting, since I started using that, I'm getting the best results I've ever seen in all these years.
0: Yeah, yeah, your plants look uh, fabulous on the Instagram page there. Thanks, man. Yeah, um, so now that you've kind of made your selection, uh, where do you have like a dedicated tent? Are you an open pollination? Or are you selective? Do you just do a couple branches at a time, kind of thing, to get to say your F ones out of them? So
1: <clears throat> I do a mixture of a few different things. I do have dedicated fence or even a room sometimes. Sometimes I'll pollinate a couple of branches. Sometimes I'll do the whole, you know, the whole thing kind of just depends on what I'm doing. You know, a lot of times what I like to do is after I make my selection, um, during that same run, if I know that's the one I'm going to use, maybe I'll pollinate a branch or two, right? And then and I said, I still need to run the cut back. I'll run the seeds and the cut back at the same time. All right, So I know, okay, I'm running these seeds back. I can make sure they're good of the strain that I, I'm planning on making with it while I'm running the cut at the same time to make sure that's good. So it kind of saves me a little time. Um, I know not everybody has a space to do that, but... um. So, yeah, I'll run the seeds back, I'll run the cut back at the same time, and if they both do well, and I'll just make more seeds of the same, you know, the same thing, again. And then that
0: kind of saves me a little time. You can do it at the same time, you know. Yeah, so you're kind of doing a selective breeding, or a selective pollination, and then a full pollination at the end once you know that everything's working out good.
1: I I normally don't like to open pollinate. Uh, Not really any reason for it, I just... I like to be, make sure that everything is on point and I know what pollen's going, where and what strength, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's open nation sometimes you can get pollen on your clothes. You could track that into another area. You can, you know, you can confuse yourself with, with things or you can't, you, you can't be a hundred percent sure of what you're making. Sometimes I've had that happen to me <laughs> in the beginning, numerous times. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I collect all the pollen with, uh, uh, you can use your, I saw you using your trim bin bin recently for all that keef. You can use that to collect pollen too, that screen. Works really great to out to filter out all the pollen matter, or all the plant matter. And yeah, and then I just store it in the fridge or the freezer, depending on the amount of time I need to store it. And Mm. then I'll go back, use it with a paintbrush, and paint all the pistols
0: on everything I plan to breed with. Nice. Yeah, similar to similar to how I do it as well. Uh, I actually take parchment paper, like a wax, you know, baking paper kind yeah. of thing. I'll put it on the bottom of the uh, the bin, and then I'll put the top bin on top of it, and then I'll shake the plants over it. They'll they'll drop all the pollen down through that screen, and then you just pick yeah. up your parchment paper and you just put it right into a little vial or whatever. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, works works awesome.
1: I uh I don't have a trim bin, but I bought. I bought one of those uh, Micron screens that people use for, like, shirt making. Oh, yeah. Like, they make graphic shirts with it. Kind of like the ones Mr. Canucks uses. The sil- They have the silver frame when he's trimming, those big ones. Yeah. They're smaller than that. And uh, then I use a Pyrex glass dish. And then I just shake the pawn out under that and let it dry. Sometimes yeah. I'll use parchment paper, too. But, oh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so... Um, I mean, even just pollinating a branch or two, you can get a few hundred seeds out of it. I know I did one to a freak show of mine and I ended up getting like some like 450 seeds out of it. So yeah, that yeah. was just three branches.
1: Yeah.
0: And depending on how big the plants
1: are, you can get you know, hundreds, yeah. sometimes a thousand, you know, yeah, so that's a good way for people to do it that are limited on space. You yeah. You know, if they they need medicine and they're growing flour, but they want to uh, back stock the genetics, hit a couple branches or a branch, you know? Yeah. It's a good way to preserve it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's Especially when there's genetics out there that are, you know, 10, 15 bucks a bean and- Super expensive. Super expensive, right? 150 bucks a pack and you're just like, oh, I only have the money for that one pack and I keep wanting to grow this fire stuff so it's, it's it's worth it just to you know be able to keep that mail around in a separate tent and pollinate the branch or two. you'll have hundreds more, and you'll be able to save hundreds of dollars exactly, yeah, and
1: going on a tangent, nobody should be charging that much for beans man it's it's yeah. absolutely insane I mean, I can understand if it was like a twenty twenty three high high times cup winner, you know what I mean then that's a little different, but. Yeah, you know, these people produce hundreds of thousands if not millions of beans at a time and they're charging you hundreds of dollars for a cup, you know, 10, 12 beans. It's it's crazy. You know, I'm not not hating, but it's crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. I'm sure everyone else does too. <laughs> All right, so you've you've done your kind of Pollination round, uh, you've got your beans extracted out of them. How do, you, how do you extract your beans out of your buds in the first place? Do you use that? Uh, I know there's like wooden boxes that have vacuum cleaners uh, attached yeah. to them. That... I do everything by hand,
1: dude. Yeah. Um, I. So a big deal for me when making beans is I let them go until they're fully mature, falling right out of the plant. It's usually six to eight weeks from the day of pollination i think i told you that too on ig a while back and uh and then yeah i just harvest it like normal and i sit them in like little lasagna silver lasagna trays that you get at the grocery store and i sit them out in my garage for i don't know a week or two until they're dry and then i i just shuck them by hand all of them wow that's a lot of work yeah, I do. Actually, I forgot. I do use this uh, sifter thing that I got from Amazon. It's like a, it, it was called a soil sifter, right? Okay. It's like maybe a foot wide and it's got these little tiny holes in the bottom and you throw, you know, you could squeeze, crunch up all your buds and seeds in, or beans in there and uh, sift it. And it helps, you know, um, that helps a lot. But yeah, I mostly just do everything by hand because I want to make sure that
0: every bean that I keep is utmost quality, you know? Yeah, because yeah, sometimes you get those deformed looking seeds or white ones or whatever, yeah. you know, they're not the best, they probably won't germinate, so. Well, you know, sometimes
1: you, the white ones aren't always bad, but it's from a consumer standpoint, you know, they want plump. Tiger stripe, you know the best looking bean, brown. You know you just want to make sure that you're giving your uh, customers the best
0: quality. Yeah, yeah. I know I got uh, the freak show beans that I had when I first first germinated them. They were pure white, and I guess that's just how those freak shows are. Uh, did a pollination round with it. uh, Took all the beans. Took all the beans out of the buds there, and every single one of them was white and i was like this is weird so i kind of did some digging and yeah sure enough that's it. that's how they are that's how they're bred so
1: yeah some some plants just produce you know white seeds like that or yeah. some that look undesirable but
0: that's just how they produce yeah yeah so. so you take it to uh an f1 so what what what's the process next uh, you're, are you going F2s? Or are you staying regs? Are you going feminized?
1: I, at this current time, I don't do any feminized beans. Uh, I just like the regular beans. You know, I think that every time I've grown FEMs, I've always had issues. They're some less than others. Um, Mass Medical, he's one of the guys that produces some pretty good FEMs. Um, they're not issue free, but they're close to really you know almost perfect for fems but they in my experience every time i've tried fems and give them another shot they're you know they're high intersex rate they're very slow growing in veg like hardly any vigor at all and they just always have a lot of issues they're not as resilient and they can't handle a lot of stress i just tend to stay away from them and make regular seat, uh, regular beans but yeah uh just depends on what i'm doing mostly if i'm really in to the line that i'm making and i'm really enjoying it and everybody else is really enjoying it and i'll continue to further the lineage <clears throat> um yeah from there I'll, it would be all about the males male hunting after that you know, the females great, but it's all about the males. They hold the secrets to the genetics, man.
0: Yeah. And why do you think that is?
1: Um uh, I honestly I'm I'm not even sure hundred percent like just from a the- science standpoint. They're just I, the males carry over a lot of traits and things that you're gonna see in the offspring. That you don't get from the females. I believe that the male has both chromosomes, if I'm not mistaken. I could be mistaken. When the female only holds the one chromosome, right? So when you're using the male, you're getting all that other genetic potential. And the male, you know, to me, the males are the most important part of breeding. Yeah, I do. I do runs where it's all males <laughs> to find the best one. You find a really, really, really killer male, and you could use it for years and years and make, know, some really killer lines with it. Nice. The neurotoxin and like some of the lines that I've mentioned in the beginning—the neurotoxin and the cushion OJ and the blueberry and anything else, you know.
0: Yeah. All right, so you run like uh, an entire line of males, like you do the same kind of. 50 plants kind of thing, and you kind of just pick through them and find the the best. What are you looking for in a male?
1: So, yeah, I'll do the same, basically the same thing I did with the females over a, a certain, however period of time it takes. I'll usually, for males, I'll try to at least run a minimum of 100 beans. <clears throat> Sometimes I'll do more, just like the females. And, you know, what I'm looking for in a male, so I have a whole different outlook on the males than a lot of the community does with breeding um a lot of people are looking for like resinous males full of trichomes and things like that and i i tend to stay away from that actually i 100 percent stay away from that i i'm looking for the most masculine males right so i kind of look at it like kind of like i don't know animals in the wild right are animals that are looking for mates and mating are they looking for feminine uh males no you know they're looking for the most masculine males to mate with to further their genetic line you know so i'm looking for you know uh really thick stalks and branches a good stout structure depending on the genetics um you know, it's gotta be strong and resilient. You know, you look for a lot of the same things you look for in a male with the female, with just a different, few different aspects. You know, uh, you do the, the tried and true stem rubs to try and see what smells are going on there. Um, and yeah, man, just strength and resilience and the most masculine males that I can find. I'm all about, with breeding, I'm all about strong plants and resilient plants and the effect and the terps those are like my main goals when i'm breeding
0: okay that makes sense yeah uh, from you know masculinity point, it totally makes sense
1: yeah um, you know i learned that actually i mean i i already subconsciously knew that that's what i've always been doing um but when i was starting to kind of look into the resinous males and stuff maybe like three three, four years ago, my buddy creates genetics. He was like, nah, dude, don't do that shit. (laughs) He's like, and he explained that to me just like that. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. That's why I've been doing it this way this whole time subconsciously without even knowing it, you know? Um, yeah, he, he was like, stay away from the drag males (laughs) (laughs) for lack of a better word. Yeah. yeah, But, but, but yeah, whenever, uh, Whenever I've grown new genetics from people that say they used a resonance male or anything like that, not a hundred percent of the time, but most of the time the intersex rate's always higher. It might not even be in that first generation of see of beans that they make. It could still be further down the line, you know so um ever you know sticking to that type of program with my breeding has really decreased the intersex rate percentage you know so so that in good testing
0: yeah yeah it sounds like you do some pretty vigorous testing uh uh, i've heard that you kind of just do like a an open tent kind of thing as well like you allow light to leak in to stress test them as well
1: yeah Yeah. so when i'm my when i'm running my room testing new Uh, beans I just keep the environment totally screwed up on like intentionally on purpose Uh, lights bleeding in from everywhere or or sometimes I'll even turn the lights on in the middle of the night you know Um, and anything that just can't handle the stressors given just gets cut you know I, I only keep the plants that can handle everything um I think last summer I was posting on my IG when I did my first autopot run <clears throat> with the supreme leader in that blueberry orange juice. I let my, I just left my tent open at night because in the other half of the room, I had plants in veg. <laughs> so the light was just beaming in on them for like six hours at night, yeah. which is, basically yeah. So, and then the temperature, it was in the heart of the summer and that's, I'm in Vegas here. So it was like, the tent never got below 105 even at night and they i think i don't i don't know if you saw that me growing them but oh yeah that was when the youtube too those plants were doing tremendously great all throughout they were praying all throughout the flowering cycle all throughout veg growing really well and no issues man i i cut out that one plant though because it was attracting bugs and it was only on the on the one plant so i just got rid of it
0: Why do you think it was only on the one plant?
1: I think sometimes certain terpenes can attract bugs. Uh, Typically, if you're getting bugs, it's usually an indication that something's wrong with the plant. You know, or usually something's wrong with the soil. The soil isn't on point and it's creating deficiencies in the plant. But the plant was perfectly healthy. So I think it was... A certain terpene that it was producing that the bugs liked mm. either way i just got rid of it
0: yeah yeah i've heard bricks levels as well if your bricks levels yeah. are kind of way too High low too. or yeah i'm not too sure i'm not familiar really familiar with bricks so i don't know if it's like on the higher end it attracts bugs or lower end it attracts bugs but
1: pretty sure it's the higher end when it's more sugary oh, okay that that attracts them so they start leeching the stalks and stems like you know like sap, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Could be high bricks. I guess low.
1: I guess both. You know, because then a low bricks level could potentially cause a deficiency, which would weaken the plant and then attract bugs. You know, I guess it could be both. You know, yeah, it just depends That's... on the situation.
0: Yeah, I'm just kind of going off of what I've heard from somebody else. I don't know anything about bricks, so <laughs> yeah,
1: I I really don't know too much about it. I haven't done too much research into it just basic knowledge that probably most people have <laughs> yeah, yeah. um but yeah i don't do bugs man
0: <laughs> no i don't think uh, anybody does bugs i do beneficial yeah. bugs well, or yeah, ipm but, but i don't do uh yeah do for, spider for mites like, and all. for the last few
1: years anytime i get bugs i just chuck them i just yeah. chuck them that's it you're done
0: goodbye yeah Start right over Perfect. So, so you mentioned Autopots. Um, I know you're an, an another Autopot grower. Uh, yeah,
1: now I am for sure, man. I love them.
0: Yeah, they're uh,
1: they're they're the shit, dude.
0: Yeah. Shameless plug. Use discount code madhatter 10 Hey, there you <laughs> go. Um.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the Autopots, man, they're like a they're like a dream come true, man. You get you get like hydro style vigor and yields while being able to maintain an organic medium and still grow organically like the way I normally would with living soil. It's the best of both worlds. I'm like the yields I'm getting now are, they're crazy compared to what I used to get for the size pot and the space. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that, that last run that I did, well, my not the last one, but that, that was my first run in auto pots that, that last grow I did, where I cut the plant out because of the bugs, those three plants I still yielded just shy of a pound, fifteen point six ounces.
0: Jeez, nice.
1: I've never, you know, three plants in six gallon pots. I've never hit, you know, numbers like that, dude. Right, it's crazy. Yeah, you see- usually, I, have to, I usually have to grow in like a ten gallon or plus size pot to get those types of yields. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, You said you were growing organically in those as well? Yep. I'm just running a pure RO through the res. That's it. I don't put anything else in there. And then once every month, I top dress. And then once every two weeks, I'll use the blue gold in a top feeding, top watering. Yeah. And I know, I remember Captain mentioning he likes to try and keep the tops of his soil wet in the autopods. I don't like to do that. I just... I just water them once every two weeks on top with the feed. Um, I think that can attract bugs because it's, you know, you're getting all that moisture from the bottom. And then if you're watering on top too, all the time, I think that's why um, he's getting fungus gnats and people are getting a lot of fungus gnats. I haven't battled fungus gnats in years. I finally figured them out after a decade. <laughs> of fighting them. Dude. Just, the secret. To... dude, it's super easy, man. You just got to let your plants dry out in between waterings. That's, that is the total secret to it. And it's actually better for your plants to do that anyway, you know, have that dry Um,
0: back period. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It makes them a little more stronger, a little more resilient, can handle more drought and, and uh, heat. And I wait till they're basically, they begin to droop. I don't let them, I don't let them look exasperated and super dehydrated, but when, once they start to droop and I, feel the top and it's dry, then I'll go ahead and water again. And that has killed the fungus gnats for me. I haven't had, I've not even seen one or two flying around, man. which usually you get that with organic growing no matter what. I'm not seeing any for yeah. a couple of years now. It's
0: awesome. Nice. I've noticed that with auto pots as well, because it only goes that moisture level only goes up to a certain point in the pot. That first yep. inch or two of, of soil doesn't really get moist uh if you don't have a cover crop or a mulch layer or anything like that it doesn't really get moist so yeah once that first layer inch or two layer dries out uh, you know the bugs the bug the fungus population just dies off naturally kind of thing so
1: yeah so yeah that's that's why i was saying i don't continuously uh keep the top wet yeah you know
0: yeah, so I like that, to add that top dressing and a little bit of a, like a compost layer. But I also add uh, a like a half inch layer, maybe three quarter inch layer of rice hulls on top of a mulch layer. Just be, what I do just to be able to keep that moisture level up a little bit higher.
1: Yeah, I do the same thing. And then uh, neem seed meal, man, that stuff's great too. Using a, a part of your top dressings, that really helps keep them away too because they do not like neem seed meal. Like, you know how neem really has that crazy smell to it. Bugs hate it. So you implement that into your top dressings, like, or in veg, you know, that's when it's most beneficial. You could still use it in flour, but in veg or even globally in your living soil, because that's, that's, a like a part of like coots soil recipe is neem seed meal. Yeah. And a lot of growers use that, um, that really, that and the, uh, Dryback period just eliminates most bugs,
0: yeah. Yeah, another amendment you can use for a pest deterrent is uh insect frass, it's got yeah. that uh, that really nasty, potent smell that uh, just deters pests. Uh, I
1: saw you just bought a crap load of that, right? Yeah, <laughs> truckload. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, uh, I, I bought six truckloads. Holy cow, yeah. what are you doing with all my?
0: Uh, I'm going to just start off uh, an amendment company. I guess let's start off slow oh, cool. and yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't pass up the opportunity. It was, uh, it was there and available at a very, very cheap price. So I snatched it up. And, uh, one of the ladies that I had on the podcast earlier, trad, uh, Roxanne from trad worm industries, um, I reached out to her. I said, Hey, you want to get in business? She says, I said, I have 130 tons of frass. She's like, no way. She just got like super stoked about it. She's like, bring it out. We're storing it at my place. We're doing this. I said, okay. All right. Let's do it.
1: That's awesome, dude. Yeah. So, well, maybe, maybe when we're done, I'll,
0: I'll buy some for me, man, because I, <laughs> I just ran out of frass. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I have to get labeling and packaging. I'm getting microbial testing done right now. I'm getting nutrient value testing, kind of application rates and, it's going to be a little bit of a process for the first little while, but uh, it's going to be exciting. I'm going to start off that's with the awesome. grass and and kind of collaborate with her worm castings as well. It should be pretty fun.
1: That's awesome, man. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know you had six truckloads. I saw the one and I was like, oh, that's crazy. And yeah.
0: six. That's cool, dude. Yeah, there's 26 skids in each of those trailers. So that's uh, 144 skids at like 1,800 or 850 kg of skid so it's like nice yeah around 130 tons give or take so that's uh, crazy it's a lot <laughs> i mean even yeah, just that one truckload was a lot yeah you'll never run out of frass anymore no, my no, friend no i won't i
1: don't it's a great yeah. amendment too so
0: yeah yeah it's got lots of chitin it's got the little mpk value it's got a small mpk value but there's yeah. a, there's soluble nitrogen in it too so you can use it through veg and a little bit in the flour and whatnot so
1: is it like a two two two
0: uh the stuff that i had is a two one one so it's and then the the nitrogen has one point one percent soluble and point nine percent non-soluble nice so it's a slow release and uh you know quick release kind of thing so that's cool available yeah that's super cool yeah yeah it should be interesting but yeah, this isn't about me. This is about you. I know. I know. Sorry. <laughs> here, no. But uh, I had to. I had to say something about that. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, that's gonna be crazy. <laughs> uh. So. Autopots organics. They work together. Some people are kind of uh, iffy about the whole organic things in autopots Oh, uh, you know, it's just gonna an rot and go anaerobic and. No, I I've been growing with organics, you've been growing with organics. Captain's been doing it. There's probably numerous other people. Uh so it works.
1: It works very well. Are you are you running anything through the res, or are you just running regular
0: water? Uh every once in a while I'll put a little bit of a uh, microbial solution in there like a microbial mass or some labs. Um but yeah, I don't I don't run anything through the res, just straight water and it's like yeah tap water i filter with uh, boogie blue one of those boogie blue filters
1: boogie brew filters i and... have one of those nice
0: yeah i think i think running just pure water through it's the,
1: your best bet you know then you don't have to worry about cleaning the lines and or any anything turning anaerobic you know and then also on the flip side it helps break down the food in your soil faster so that your medium isn't getting high in ppms and burning the plants and yeah i think i just think running the ro water has been the best to do in the auto pots mixed with the top dressing it's it's such a killer combo man i I wish i would have started using auto pots years and years ago man Yeah, it makes life so much easier
0: yeah i uh i ended up getting my first kit Oh, I want to say about two years ago now, just just about two years, and I'll never turn turn back. It's always, yeah, always growing out of pots.
1: So. Yeah, me too. For uh, for flower, for sure, me too. Yeah. Uh, doing like breeding and testing and stuff, I think might be a headache for it. Um, plus, expensive the headache. Very expensive. Yeah. Um, plus. You kinda lose some room and square footage using those two, you know I think four x l autopots fits a four by four tent perfectly or a four by four space, but I used to do like nine seven gallon pots you know in a four per four by four yeah. before the auto pots, you know, so you kind of lose out on the amount of plants that you can run, which for me is uh crucial with the breeding you know so
0: yeah
1: we'll breed in them but I, I like to like run the cuts back and test them in that too you know part of part of the testing yeah because i think that the Autopots really bring out the genetic potential in your plants because the only i mean a huge limiting factor is water, you know, and since using the AutoPots I've learned there's just no way you can hand water your plants as much as they actually need or they're actually drinking, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so looking back on my grows before the auto pots, I realized, dude, I was not watering them as nearly as much as they needed. And that could be the cause of some of the issues I was having without knowing it, you know?
0: Yeah yeah especially that stretch period of flower you know yeah week, uh, week two to four of flower kind of thing they will go through the 10 gallon res within two days two three days yeah Which, depending on how long you've edged it for how big your plants are obviously depending you know yeah. strain dependent stuff but yeah they can i think you know, soak up i water. think right
1: now oh i'm sorry um, right now, I have four blueberry juice cuts in the four autopot XL system that I have, and they're they're like six feet tall, right? They're huge plants, and they're going through. I, I don't like to fill the res all the way up. It's like a 12. I use that black trash can looking one instead of the flexi tank. Yeah. And uh, I don't like to fill it up all the way. I'm always paranoid that it's something's gonna it's (laughs) gonna fall over or it's gonna leak everywhere you know so i only do five gallons at a time and it's sucking it was sucking during the stretching phase it was sucking five gallons every day five gallon wake up in the morning it's empty sometimes more you know it's crazy it's crazy how much they drink in those things
0: yeah yeah it's you would never feed them that uh or water them that amount By no maybe half yeah Maybe half that every couple of days.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, they're
0: definitely a life changer. For the definitely. better.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Uh yields alone, and The yields uh I think I'm getting like sixty percent higher. I think I'm gonna get more this run too, because I the last one was my first time growing in them. So I think I've dialed them in a lot better this time. I think I overfed them last time. It's towards the end they started burning.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: thought they were fading early, but they were actually burning <laughs> because I was feeding <laughs> too much. Um but I got it dialed perfect this time. Everything's been perfect and I think I'm going to even get much higher yields than I did last time. Yeah. So last time I got one was like five it was like two it was like three five-ounce plants, and one was like five and a half, you know, because I have the three plants. Nice. This time, it would be cool to get six-plus. You know, it's looking like it might be that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I usually average uh, about a pound per harvest out of a four-pot system. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Crazy numbers. Right. <laughs> For uh, organic. You know. what, kind of, what kind of soil... Uh, organic amendments what, what what's your mixture like do you use like a coots mix kind of thing or
1: kind of a coots mix but with my own tweaks with it you know uh and i think he uses crab meal i like to use crustacean meal i mean it's basically the same thing but yeah. and then i like to add the frass and i i still like the neem the neem is critical and the kelp and sometimes I'll even add some of the craft blend from Build the Soil if I'm feeling lazy. You know, the craft blend's nice. Um, but yeah, it's pretty It's pretty much like a coot's mix, only I don't do 30-30-30. I do 60-30-10. Basically, I do like 60% peat, 30% compost, or wait a minute. I do... I'm thinking, for every 10 gallons of soil I make, I do 6 gallons of peat, 3 gallons of aeration, and then like 1.5 gallons of compost and castings mix. So, that's 60-30-10, yeah, I was right the first time. Yeah. And then for amendments, I do like, basically the coots, I think it's 4 cups of minerals per Cubic foot, you know, and then two cups of food. You could you could use any food you want, really, but it's got to equal out to the two cups, and any minerals you want, it's got to equal out to the four cups. So it's pretty much what I do.
0: Okay, it's kind of kind of similar to what I do as well. Use the same kind of food mix, the thirty 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 mix. So yeah.
1: Oh, and then I I forgot. I also add topsoil in there, like a a cheap bag of premium topsoil from like home depot or Lowe's okay. or whatever um because it's like full of branches and twigs and wood chips and stuff and it kind of m- makes the soil less homogenized mm-hmm. it kind of makes it more like soil that you would find like outside you know so yeah. I forgot add that in too
0: cool beautiful uh I think I may have misspoken at the beginning I'm not too sure Are, are have you done a peanut butter cross can't remember Did you i've done that? a couple yeah. yeah i've done a couple okay. um
1: but but yeah that's not not a like my main my main stuff yeah but it's all good yeah i think I've done i
0: have uh peanut butter pb and, and crash yeah yeah that's it yeah pb and cray. yeah 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 i've always wanted to grow with a peanut butter cross so i think I'll, i might yeah. be popping that that one's really, really nice, man.
1: I, I, I really do enjoy the peanut butter breath. I, I'm still working with it to this day. Um, my friend Nate with the bakery genetics, he, he backcrossed it from Thug Pug, and then he mm-hmm. gave me the X3, and we're collaborating together with
0: that. Um, yeah, I love the peanut butter breath. It's, it's really good. Nice. I actually just picked up some uh Thug Pug unicorn poop. So maybe I'll, right. maybe I'll do That's, some crossing with that as well. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's really good. Um I did that was part of the Supreme Leader lineup too. I crossed the Supreme Leader with Unicorn Poop and named nice. it Mythical Poop <laughs> with the uh <laughs> Un. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Um yeah, the mythical or the unicorn poop's really good too. It's a GMO cross. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. You'll like it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was trying to go after their peanut butter breath, but all sold out. So, yeah, it's well, some,
1: like impossible to find. And honestly, if you want some, I think I still have some extra from my my, from what my buddy gave me.
0: I'll send you some, dude. Oh, I think his cool. is probably better than the original. <laughs> and that's that was uh Thug Pug as well.
1: Originally got... Thug Pug, but he BX'd it. Three times. Oh
0: yeah, that's what he said.
1: BX three. Nice. Well, I mean, even better. Yeah, he he likes to preserve a lot of genetics like that. So yeah, he's good.
0: He's good at what he does. Sweet. Awesome. Well, what uh, do you have anything coming up in the future? It's kind of exciting or anything for you.
1: Yeah, actually, uh, February tenth is going to be my new and last. One of my last drops for a while. It's the another blueberry lineup. It's just a small lineup, uh, four main lines that I worked on, and then two like freebie gift packs. Haven't I mean, the gift packs usually? Just so everybody knows, most of the time I have not got to testing those out fully yet. Like I've grown them, just not they haven't gone through my rigorous testing process. So that's why I give them out as gift packs. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah it's all together it's going to be six new lines but four that i've that are like the main
0: drops you know yeah yeah kind of how Mephisto does it with their freebies it's just like an untested line
1: yeah a lot of people do it like that yeah to just you know help get the new stuff out there and people growing them yeah Um, yeah it's going to be a blueberry bx2 Um, i was at f4 and I really enjoyed that line. It was really good. It just didn't quite it didn't quite come out the way I had hoped. So I went back to the F3 and then BX that. So coming out with a BX2. Then I'm coming out with Squid Ink version two, which is neurotoxin crossed with the blueberry. Nice. Yeah. And then blueberry orange juice f2. That's coming. And then the other one was Blueberry Sour Punch, which is blueberry uh pebbles punch crossed to my blueberry pebbles punch from create, That's which is really good too. Yeah, those are the four main ones. And then the freebies, uh, one of them's blueberry limeade, which is the cactus breath from uh by dab for dads, crossed to the blueberry, and then uh star fuel which is star pupil crossed to neurotoxin from a nice. uh, mass medical star pupil.
0: Yeah. Nice. I can already so, hear the the f- people screaming for all that stuff. I know Mac, Mac attack and Rev and Johnny and Co- uh, Kotz, uh, you know, they're all kind of, they've all been talking about your blueberry strains. So I'm sure they're going to be all over that. And I'm, I'm yeah. glad you, uh, glad you said something here so people can know that you're uh Throwing another drop out February
1: tenth. Yep, February tenth. It'll be live on my site. Uh, hopefully early in the morning. It just depends on if I can get to it, how early I can put it up. You know, got three kids. They're those <laughs> fools are demanding yeah. of attention. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, like I was saying, this is going to be my last drop for a little while. Um, I just I I. I Miss growing flower, you know. I mean, I love breeding, but I miss just growing flower and chilling out a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I want to take a break, and grow some flower for a while, and do some more intensive pheno hunting. You know, that's why I'm growing the flowers just to check more and more seeds and stuff. Um, but Mass Medical sent me his pre ninety eight Bubba Kush cut, nice, and I've been trying to get my hands on the re- the legit Bubba Kush cut like that for many years and he sent it to me uh towards the end of last year nice. and so yeah I'm taking a break and I'm just going to be focused on BXing that into regular seed
0: form yeah yeah Bubba Kush yeah. has been a, a staple of a lot of people's strains throughout the years and I mean that was just back in 2014, 15 era kind of thing. That was just all you can find out here was Bubba. We had anything else?
1: Even early 2000s, like when I was in high school, is all about the Bubba man. That's that's why I love it so much. It's so nostalgic for me, and it's still really great medicine, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, and like you said, it it breeds really well too. I think it'll breed really well. I have lots of plans for that cut. So that's what I'm gonna be focused on. This blueberry drops pretty much the last one. I'm I might in the fall release a few more like another small neurotoxin lineup that I've been working on. But other than that, I'm just focused on pheno hunting and working on this Bubba Kush BX. So it might it might take me a few years. I might not put anything out the whole time. I haven't decided really.
0: Yeah, well, I'm sure you'll get back into it after you get a little bit of stockpile built up yeah yeah for sure I'll, I'll
1: i'll come back to it i just i need a little break and i just uh, this is basically going to be like a passion project for me i've been waiting for this cut you have no idea man <laughs> you have no idea the strides i've taken to get my hands on this and uh i've had people giving me bubble kush cuts that turned out not to be you know the real cut like a dozen times so i know this one's legit and uh, i'm excited so I, could, I just want to work on this, yeah. Cool. And I think people, I think people will really enjoy it. You know, like you said, everybody loves Bubba Kush. So to get it in regular seed form and be stable, and everyone, I think everyone's gonna really want to grow this. Yeah. So, I'm gonna take my time, do it right. Three, four years, make sure it's perfect before I release it. Nice.
0: Wicked. Well, good to hear, man. Good to hear. Yeah, uh thank. You. So kind of rounding out the episode um where can people find you? I know that you've got your Instagram shut down a couple times, 14 times now. <laughs> Holy Literally. shit. I'm on the 14th time. Oh yeah. my god. So I think it's trichome god 2 or something.
1: Or... Yeah, two on and Instagram then, uh, there. Yep. Yeah, on Instagram and then YouTube is joint the trichome god with a dash after joint and then awesome. Discord is just uh joint custody beans.
0: Yeah, beans in quotations. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. uh, we won't list the, the, the website off uh, only because the algorithm will pick it up and not like it. So, uh, but if you can, try to hint to what towards it is and...
1: Uh... Yeah, the link's available on my Instagram. There you go. The, in bio, so... If you're looking for it, you can find it there for the website.
0: Perfect. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I know it was kind of short notice. We've had a little hiccups throughout the episode. Uh, it is what it is. It was a good episode, and and I'm sure lots of people will enjoy it. Uh, yeah. I'll be looking forward to your drop in a few weeks. Actually, not even ten days. So, man, yeah, thanks for yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah,
1: glad we got to do it. I know. I know we were supposed to do it sooner. My apologies, dude. No, so, no need
0: to apologize. Yeah. We're all good. I a good time. <laughs> Should
1: do it again sometime.
0: Yep, for sure. Once, uh, maybe once you start picking up the uh, work your new, new line, we'll uh, get you back on and we'll chat about it. And see all where right. you're at with it. Cool. cool. Sounds good. All right. Uh, yeah. well, everyone, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, uh, please leave a review on there. Um, if you're on youtube don't forget to like share comment do all that jazz uh subscribe you can see this episode on the growers exchange podcast youtube channel and also over on my mad hatter organics channel i will slowly start to be bringing him over to that uh growers exchange podcast so just stay tuned and uh go over and subscribe but uh Yeah, until next time, guys, have a good night. Peace.